0: this week on the pro wrestling podcast podcast the gentleman villain william regal is officially done with aew we're gonna find out why and how he's done after only nine months joe rogan accuses the rock dwayne johnson of steroid use and urges him to come clean pun intended Good old JR shoots hard on Johnny Ace, a.k.a. Johnny Laurinaitis, a.k.a. Johnny Kiss-Ass. And Sasha Banks, the boss, a.k.a. Mercedes Vernado, is rumored to be appearing at Wrestle Kingdom for New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm your host, Seth Grimes, and this is the Pro Wrestling Podcast Podcast. What the fuck is up, everybody? Welcome. Come on in to another episode of the Pro Wrestling Podcast Podcast. Another week, we just keep rolling and rolling. This is episode 63. 63. God damn. It's a lot of podcasts. I was uh, toying around with the idea of posting the uh, very first episode that I ever did and just kind of listen to how I was then compared to now, and I'm still newbie. Look, this is only like my first year doing this show for a a little over a year. So I still got a long ways to go before I'm like a grizzled podcast vet. But I think it'd be fun to kind of dip back and check out some of those older episodes. I thought about that because I'm I'm toying around with the idea of what to do. Uh, I will not be doing a new show, barring any breaking news. You know, if something major happens, then I will certainly jump in and try to cover it. Um, but being that my show comes out on Sunday and Sunday is Christmas uh, Christmas Day, and then New Year's Eve, I believe, is what the calendar shows. Uh, let's go ahead and pull that up here, actually. Let's take a look. Yeah, so Christmas, uh, Christmas Day is the 25th, and New Year's Day, okay. So, uh, no shows on those days, though. I'll try to do some kind of bonus something or other to kind of just have pre-made and throw up. I don't know what it would be quite yet. Um, I recently, just so just so you know, don't think I ran away on you or anything. Just taking time off the holidays. I'll be traveling, visiting with family and that sort of thing. Uh, I recently just did a, a special video on AEW. Kind of a current analysis on the current state of AEW. It's titled AEW We Have a Problem. And uh, it kind of goes over all the big glaring issues that are leading to the decline in the ratings and the interest and people jumping ship and that kind of thing. It's not a big hate on AEW thing. Longtime listeners of this show will know that, uh, you know, look, I, I fucking love me some AEW, but they're having some problems. So I address those as well. Um, But we can talk more about this kind of shit at the end of the show. Let's go ahead and just jump right in with our first topic here today. Lord William Regal is officially done with AEW. I think he probably still has a few days or a month or so. I think he has till the end of the year actually left on his contract. But he has been written off of the show he did his little goodbye pre-tape promo with Tony Schiavone this past week. And, of course, did the stretcher job for MJF. And uh, they had to write him off of the show. He's done. He will be going back to WWE Rumors were floating around about this, and then the big angle with MJF kind of sent up red flags. Why is Regal turning on the Blackpool Combat Club suddenly? And then why is, uh, especially why is MJF laying them out and giving them the stretcher job and that sort of thing? So the rumors ran rampant, if you will, and a lot of people were speculating on stuff they might have been hearing in the locker rooms. But we finally got it from the horse himself. And no, not William Regal, but Tony Khan as he addressed the William Regal situation at the Ring of Honor media call. Check out this clip.
1: A uh, question about the status of William Regal in AEW and also in Ring of Honor, where, he, where he's helped us out. William Regal had approached Mega. And said that, you know, and it was all very legitimate, valid stuff. Basically, uh, he's got a son uh, who works in another wrestling promotion, and he really wanted uh, us at the end of the year when we had the option to renew his contract. He was asking that we would not, not nothing bad. He, you know, we're, we're having a great time working together, but that this is an opportunity for him to go back and work in these really uh, golden years. Of his career with his son, and and do things he likes to do, coaching. Uh, and he's got friends that he would like to go back and coach with. And it's a very complex situation for AEW because uh, he's a huge part of what we're doing on screen, and we really value him. And there's multiple storylines that he's involved in at this point. And uh, as we were going to Toronto that week, um, obviously, I had a lot on my mind. <laughs> And um and we had this really long good talk and it was very positive and he really had I think good intentions I, I'd like to say for why he wanted to go back and it made a lot of sense to me that he would want to work with his son and be with his son. And he said to me, honestly, and, and it made sense, you know, given where you're sitting right now, does it make sense to you that I would want to go back and be with my son? And at that point where I was sitting, yeah, it really did make a lot of sense to me. And frankly, the last thing I wanted to do at that moment was prevent any parent and any child, any son from being together. As I was sitting on a park bench at the Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville, you know, while my mom was sleeping inside and recovering from a major operation.
0: Listen, sunshine, I'm sure a man in your current position and try to understand or be sympathetic for a man in my position as I am in my older age and I don't have a lot of time left to spend with my son and I'm sure you could be sensitive to the fact that I would love to spend some more time with my son. And that's it. That's all it was. And that was a horrible, horrible impression. Don't even fucking try it in the comments with me on that. I already know it sucks. Um, But that's basically the conversation that happened, right? And then we got a little more detail on this uh, with Brian Alvarez on Wrestling Observer Radio giving us kind of the deets on how is this even possible? What the fuck kind of contract did Regal sign? A nine-month contract? Check out this clip.
2: You know, the the WWE side was that he had an out, and the AEW side essentially was saying nothing except he was probably going back to WWE very, very soon. So, you know, the thing that confused me for a long time, and it still kind of confuses me, is he signed—I mean, I I don't know when he actually signed, but it was announced that he signed and he debuted in—it was like March or April— And so that's where a lot of this confusion came from, where it was like, well, did he have an out or did he sign a short-term deal? And if he signed a short-term deal, like, how did he know to sign a nine-month deal? And I still don't have the answers to to these questions. What I I think has happened is, in March, he signed a one-year deal with a two-year option, and he... uh, Tony could have picked up the two-year option in March, but Regal wanted to go. And because of everything Tony said, not only did Tony agree to let him go, but it appears that Tony, for all of these reasons, decided, hey, if you want to go now, let's do it. And he's letting him go now, which I think would be prior to even the one-year contract expiring. So I think that's what's going on.
0: Look, if this is the reason that Regal wants to go, he wants to go spend time with his son, and Triple H is supposedly one of his best friends, and, and, you know, that's his passion. He would have never left NXT WWE if it weren't for Vince just making random bullshit cuts, and that one really hurt Triple H. It cut the legs out from underneath NXT completely. And, you know, this is righting one of the wrongs of the wrestling universe right now william regal needs to be in nxt whether his son is there or not that's just where he's the best fit in the professional wrestling business and you know look his time in aew i'm sure he had a lot of fun he got to hang out with some people that you know that were he was close with throughout his wrestling career people that he was friendly with and i'm sure he had a lot of fun he got to be on tv again you know, instead of just being in the general manager mode where he's just coming out and giving news and announcing war games matches and that sort of thing. It's still a horrible British accent. My God. I don't even know what that is. It's not even British. It's like super villain or something. Uh, well, he is a villain. So fuck him. Fuck you, too. Uh <laughs> Sorry, sorry, that was a step too far. I I apologize for that. Um, and you know, like people like EC3 is out there saying, oh, I have inside knowledge that William Regal completely regretted signing with AEW, and Tony Khan's childish or childish people in charge or something to that effect. EC3 is kind of being a douchebag lately. That whole control your narrative faction, to be honest with you. Even like the Braun Strowman when he was over there, Adam Sheer. You know, and, and, you you know, we're hearing things now. It's a sidebar, but he's kind of being a douchebag and just wants to kind of get his face out there and, you know, be controversial. I don't know that I believe that. Maybe there was an offhand comment. I'm sure, you know, Regal's an old school carny, so I'm sure that, you know, there were elements of AEW that were amateurish and laughable to him. But, uh, you know, hopefully he was uh, the good veteran that he was and kind of tried to help in that regard. And, you know, there was also word that, you know, people just don't like to listen in AEW. And all of that can be taken into consideration. But I tend to not believe that because he got to hang out with his friends. He was there with Moxley and Claudio and Danielson and fucking got to work with some of the young guys like Yuta. And I'm sure he worked with like a Daniel Garcia because he was closely working with the... uh combat club the big black cock the bbc um and there was you know william regal i'm sure you know had his hand in a lot of things in AEW while he was there hopefully a lot of guys had the opportunity to sit under his learning tree and i I tend to believe he he had to have had fun like why wouldn't he Ben, he's hanging out with cool people he's not responsible for anything he just gets to show up have fun be on tv do cool angles he got to put over mjf like a million bucks have that great promo exchange with william uh with mjf right like for the short time he was in aew he had a pretty solid run i'd I'd say it's a A very good run for you know the short time he was in, and it was like a territory. Pop in, pop out. We're bringing in William Regal for a run, and he came in, and I thought he did a great job. I'm sure he had a good time, and I'm sure he liked being there. But look, his heart's with NXT. His best friend, or one of his best friends is Triple H. His son's there now, which, by the way, have you seen his son work? Oh, man, it makes my dick hard. It really does. Not that he's a sexy man. I mean, he's handsome and all, but it's it's more like the, the wrestling. This man can fucking wrestle you. You know what I mean? I love a good wrestler. He's got that technical prowess that his dad had, and he just needs the help with the psychology and you know the, the finer points of wrestling and, and, and putting it all together. And, you know, with William Regal going back to WWE, I'm sure he uh, believe he has a one year non-compete clause as far as on air. So I don't even think he can come out and be the general manager, to be honest with you. So he's going to be strictly behind the scenes, but he is free to go back to WWE, I think, immediately, like right away. Uh, Belief is that he will be signing there uh, as of January 1st or whenever, as soon as the new year comes around. Uh, we'll shortly hear that he's been picked back up by WWE, and it's good. This is good for the wrestling world. Maybe not as good for AEW, and it's never a good look when you have people jump and ship back to WWE, um, especially when they ask to get out of their contract. And again, William Regal's a bit of a carny, right? He's from that old—he's legit, like literally from the old-school carny uh, background. So if you don't think he was working Tony Khan a little bit, dear sunshine, I'm sure you could understand my position. You know what I mean? Like, he's working him a little bit. He just wants to go back and be with his bro. But it's, I mean, he wasn't lying. But I'm sure he, you know, Tony's a bit bit of a softy and a nice guy. And I'm sure Regal kind of played right into that and was given his release. And not everybody that asks for their release gets it. All is right with the wrestling world, in my opinion. But what is your opinion? Leave it down in the comments below and on to the next. It was on the Joe Rogan experience that host Joe Rogan was talking about this liver King fuck, which by the way, I don't why is this news? I see this everywhere. I've never heard of this person in my life. And all of a sudden, a big scandal he's on. So who gives a fuck? Why is this news? But Rogan likes it because he's into the, you know, he's into the meathead stuff and all of that, right? So they're talking about this liver king fuck. And then Rogan just completely segues for for no apparent reason. Just wanted to rope the rock in with that. Or maybe rock was brought up. I don't remember exactly. Let's go ahead and listen to this clip and then we'll follow up after.
3: It Does
4: down- the Rock
0: say he's clean?
3: He has implied it pretty heavily, but he also doesn't end <laughs> up in scenarios where he gets ass point blank, or as Liver King goes out of his way to fucking lean into it and use it as like a marketing spiel. The Rock should come clean right now. He yeah. should make a video yeah.
5: in response to the Liver King video. Yeah. I need to talk to you because the Rock's been lying.
3: Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, the
5: there's it, not a fucking chance in hell he's clean. No, not a chance in hell. As big as the Rock is at 50, when you're looking at a physique, let's look at a physique of the Rock, like a full jacked Rock. Find find the Rock at his most jackety jacked.
3: He's like, like pretty fucking peaked in terms of like it, the last few years. He's definitely like turned it up a notch at for 50. Block. Yeah,
5: that's natural, bro. <laughs> that's
3: a, yeah, that's, how could you think otherwise? Eats a lot of sushi. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So first of all, are we going to agree or not agree that The Rock is on the gas to some extent, right? Is he literally sticking needles in his butt? Probably not. But I'm sure he's got some sort of doctor and he's on some sort of routine. Look, all these Hollywood guys, they do that. You don't get as bulked up as fast as they do without a little bit of enhancement right And the rock is a massive fucking guy and he's always been a big hoss and he has great genetics and he's the football player guy and he's already a big motherfucker and he's you know been in shape and working out his entire life but for a man that's pushed got to be pushing 50 by now right in his 40s mid 40s um just to for him to be out there just looking like he's carved out of fucking stone he's on the gas so but but why does anybody care why is this important he's not competing in anything you know it's strictly for looks you know he's a fucking movie star he's the biggest movie star in the in Hollywood right now So, and he's an action star, and he needs to look the part. He needs to be a big, bad, chiseled-out-of-rock motherfucker, and that's exactly what The Rock is. You know, he was even boasting for the Black Adam movie that he was, like, the only guy in a superhero movie that didn't have to have padded suits, you know. Uh, I don't give a shit. I don't care if he's on... I never cared when wrestlers were on steroids. It's not a sport. I would care if it's in the UFC and that's only to like, I mean, shit, you know, either let everybody on steroids and then just, you know, <laughs> let them have at each other like wild animals or nobody's on steroids, but you got to keep shit legitimate and fair in sports. So uh, I'm perfectly fine with it being tested there and like the whole baseball scandal with with what was it? Mark McGuire and, and people like that. Um, not a sports ball guy. I don't fucking know. Barry Bonds. He was mixed up in that too, maybe. Uh, but, you know, like I get it with sports, but with entertainment and wrestling, in my mind, is not a sport. It's entertainment. And where I draw that line is just competition. You know, if you're on the gas... And you're using steroids, and you're using any other kind of enhancement, and you're using them better or more often, or just maybe your opponent's not using them at all. It's going to create a possible disadvantage between you two. When you're uh, like a wrestler, it's just it's kind you of, you know you're working with each other. So at that point, it's entertainment, and at that point, you're only big and jacked for the aesthetic. You're big and jacked because wrestlers should look big and jacked because they're big, mean, tough guys fighting, right? So that's why you want to look big. So I've never had a problem with it in WWE or AEW, whatever. I don't even know. AEW says they have testing, but, I, you know, who knows? Though they don't have any gross-looking guys outside of, like, Brian Cage, perhaps, and maybe a couple others or low. Um, but it, for the most part, Uh, There was even an interview MJF did where somebody, like, was giving him shit about possibly being on steroids because he had a little bit of perk in his nips, a little bit of of the bitch tit going on. Uh, I don't fucking know. I don't care. I don't care. And why is Joe Rogan bringing it up, though? Why does he have a hard-on for it all of a sudden? Why would The Rock need to come clean? Uh, I mean, I guess if he's out there saying, no, this is all natural, baby, like, just don't address it if you're on the gas. Don't fake the funk, though. I guess I could see where rog- Rogan would have a hard on for that, right? Because rog- Rogan admits it. He's a meathead, and he's like, yeah, I use enhancements. Of course I do. It's fine. I'm 50-something, and I still like to compete and lift weights, and it's it's good to enhance myself. And it's fine if The if the Rock's on it. You know, all these Hollywood guys, Thor's on it, Hemsworth. Wait till you see Hemsworth in the Hulk Hogan movie. Did you see him in Thor Love and Thunder? He's insane. He's almost as big as Hulk would have been, or at least can pull it off for a movie for sure. Wait till you see this fucker in the Hulk movie, man. He's going he's gonna to be jacked as all shit. Uh, you know, uh, Chris Pratt did it too. Remember, he uh, he was a dad bod guy, and all of a sudden, he's all fucking jacked up. A lot of these guys do this in Hollywood, it's fine. But do you think he needs to come clean about it? Is this is, is it anybody's business? Do you have to? I think if you're out there and you're lying to the public and you're, you're. Putting yourself over, like, I, I guess I don't have a problem with lying. Like, if somebody's like, asks him, like, hey, are you, using, are you on the gas? You know, it might be good for his reputation and, 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 you know, his PG persona that he likes to carry. You know, his very p- pleasant Dwayne Johnson Hollywood guy to not be on drugs, performance-enhancing drugs. But if he's, he, if he's out there just trying to, like, put himself over for being in as good a shape as he is and being clean and doing it all natural, brother, brother. And then he's kind of full of shit. And and look, what do I know? I'm fat and chubby and and nerdy. And I'm sitting in my basement yelling at a microphone. So I'm not hitting the gym five times a week, doing two a days, six times a week, whatever he does. Uh, I'm just not that guy. So he very well could be chiseled, but uh, naturally, but I tend to, trust joe rogan's opinion he's around tons of meatheads and he's been a meathead his whole life he would know he's not just some fuck it's not like me sitting here going yeah rocks on roids you know what i mean even though i just spent the last what five minutes telling you that he is on but with a joe rogan like yeah he knows what he's talking about and he can recognize that shit so i tend to believe him and just take one look at the rock what is he over there in the thumbnail um then, then, yeah, you can clearly, you can clearly see what's going on there. But what do you think? Do you care? Should he, should he come clean? Is there a reason to come clean? Should he be natural? Do, do you think that steroid use should not happen in Hollywood, wrestling, any of that? Or do you just not give a shit? Like, ah, fuck it, it's entertainment. Let the guys look as big and jacked and see. Because that was one of the fun things about the eighties, right? Everybody was all juiced up. Look at those fucking monsters, you know. And then all of a sudden the the scandal happened in what 92 93 and, and the roster just shriveled down to fucking little men and that's kind of we never really recuperated from that and now those big muscle guys are kind of a they're kind of a spectacle right they're an outlier they're a, they're a, whatever the fuck it doesn't matter i've yacked enough on this let me know your thoughts down in the corner down in the corner down in the bottom i don't I'm fucking done. I need to go juice up and get some steroids in me and come back and do the next clip. It's boss time. Mercedes Vernado, a.k.a. the boss, Sasha Banks, has been rumored to be signed to appear at Wrestle Kingdom this year for New Japan. Uh, That would be in January, I believe. And wasn't it the thing that uh, was going around that Mercedes had said in different interviews or whatever? She's on record saying that she's not going to wrestle at least until January. Well, Wrestle Kingdom's in January. And if the rumors are true, she may be doing an appearance over in New Japan. Now... Uh, the rumor is that she is being brought in for Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, nobody has been able to confirm, at least as far as I've been able to see, confirm for sure that she's going to be actually appearing on the show. Uh, they may just be bringing her in to check it out, get the vibe, get the feel, see if it's something she wants to be a part of. And maybe say hi or maybe just, you know, appear at, like, what's that New Year's fucking gimmick that they do? Uh, They do, you know, a show, like, right after Wrestle Kingdom that kind of reboots and starts the new year fresh. So maybe that's something that'll happen. Who knows? Now, for some of you that are saying, yeah, right, Sasha wouldn't go to New Japan, I I call bullshit on that. And here's why. As big of a star as she is and with the movies and all of that, like, this chick's at a point now with her Star Wars resume that she can start going out there and getting bigger and, and better Hollywood projects. She's related to Snoop, and she's she's not shy about saying that. And Snoop's not shy about throwing her name around either if it's going to help her out. And look at her. she's fucking looks like a million dollars. She's a megastar. She drips, oozes charisma from head to toe. She is... Doesn't need WWE. She is fully capable of being a megastar in Hollywood at this point. Like a Marvel fucking star. She really, really could be. Um, well, she's already in Star Wars. It's already a Disney product. You know, She's already there. But she has wrestling in her heart. She's passionate about wrestling. This isn't one of those things that she's like oh well all you know she's not a model that was hired off the street by fucking johnny ace so he could jerk off to her fucking her her demo picture or whatever he fucking she she's a wrestling fan she grew up a marky marky mark okay you know eddie guerrero is her favorite wrestler and that tells you right there that she loves wrestling because eddie's a, a wrestler's wrestler right you gotta know wrestling and love wrestling to to be able to pick Eddie out of a crowd and say that he's your guy. And she's even been on record of saying she would love to wrestle in Japan sometime. And this is even backed up by FTR. Uh, Dax recently did the interview that I covered last week with uh, Sean Ross Sapp over at Fightful. And uh, Dax had said that Sasha Banks was one of the most passionate, like, eat, sleep, and breathe, love wrestling 24-7 people that he's met. Like, he specifically named her as being somebody, like, on his level of passion for wrestling along with, like, CM Punk and stuff. Like, he really put her over as somebody who's, like, I'm a fucking wrestling mark. And if she's already doing the movie star stuff and she she can hold that status, and I think she can, she's not, like, a B-level actress. She's gonna be a fucking a-lister i'm telling you and especially because hollywood's wide open for wrestlers now and there's not really been a female wrestler who's broken through to the mainstream yet you could argue that sasha already has being in the star wars show but that's really only on disney plus and even though it was a huge hit the mandalorian it's still like she hasn't been in a movie yet or anything like that but she's gonna get there Hollywood's going to be wide open for a Sasha Banks, especially with James Gunn. I know I've said this on the show, too. This is just my nerdiness coming out. But James Gunn, the director of the Guardians of the Galaxy, he is now the head of DC Comics or DC Studios over at Warner Brothers who is basically, he's the head guy over there that's going to be in charge of all these movies, and he loves working with wrestlers. He works with Drax, and he's been outspoken about working with Batista and the Guardians and loving that, and he created the Peacemaker show for John Cena because he loved working with John Cena so much in Suicide Squad that he wanted to work with him more and created a whole TV show for him. So you know that, like... They need a fucking Wonder Woman again. Because Wonder Woman in its current... They just announced that Wonder Woman 3 is dead. So, it uh, looks like they're going to be doing a whole re- reboot over there. And I know this is a giant tangent divergence off the track here. Uh, but it's all to say that Sasha Banks would be a fucking shoe-in. To go over to DC and be in a big, giant fucking superhero movie. You know? And... Uh, That's just the beginning. Sasha Banks is a megastar. she got her foot in the door at Disney. And if she loves wrestling, she can do the movies and the TV shows and all of that shit and be that star. And she can still keep wrestler in her name, like with me. So, like, I used to be a rapper. You know, that's where I got my start. Um, But I haven't released anything lately. And I kind of always think, like... Uh, you know, can I still call myself a rapper if I haven't released anything new in in any recent amount of time? You know, can she still call herself a wrestler if she's done wrestling? Well, if she does New Japan shots here and there, comes in for an angle, kind of like what Jericho did with Kenny Omega. If they can if Sasha Banks just does shit like that, even with AEW, if she wants to come in and work like an angle with Britt Baker and then and, and bounce out, you know, she doesn't need to tie herself down to any big contracts. She can just keep I'm a wrestler, and she can go do all the stuff that she's always wanted to do because, again, she has been very outspoken about this in the past. I want to go work in Japan, and that doesn't mean, like, WWE on tour in Japan. That means she wants to do, like, the legit Japanese style, and I think that excites her, much like when a Chris Jericho went over there, and there's something appealing about that to wrestling fans because it's a whole different thing over there. And I'm excited to see it, you know, I'll wrap this up here, but Sasha Banks, look, Mercedes, Vernado, whatever she is, will we see her in WWE again? Absolutely. She'll come back, she'll do like a WrestleMania return, not this year, but you know, uh, she'll be back in WWE, give it a year or two when things are slow and they need like a giant star to just fucking Pop something, you know, pop a WrestleMania. She'll come back. She'll do that. But I don't think she'll come back full time anymore. I don't think she needs it. I think she can do the John Cena treatment or the Brock Lesnar treatment and just come in and have matches whenever the fuck she feels like. Bounce out. Go to New Japan. Work with some people over there. Bounce out. Hop over to AEW. like, And and then all the while, do Mandalorian if that's still a fucking thing or Whatever other movie or show opportunity she gets in Hollywood, she can do it all. She has the talent, the beauty, the skills, the fucking motivation, the hustle, the connections. She has the world at her fingertips. It's fucking boss time. Here we go. I'm excited for her, but what do you think? Let me know down in the comments below. Are you one of those people that are mad at her because she's not going back to WWE anytime soon? Do you this? Do you that? Let me know in the comments On to the next. Well, good old JR had a really great episode of Grilling JR this week with Conrad Thompson. They were were talking about the entire history of the WWE developmental system all the way back from like the Jim Cornette OVW days and even before then. Where they had like the the fucking Dory Funk Dojo, and they were just training guys up from scratch. Like Edge was in like one of those first classes. It was a really fun episode to listen to. It's a long one; it's about two hours. I guess that's about normal for Jr. Um, but they get really into a lot of detail about the full developmental system all the way up to NXT, and it's very fascinating to hear how all of that came together. Um, but in this particular clip here, it was at the point where they were talking about how Jim Ross, who hired Johnny Ace, John Laurinaitis, gave him a job when he needed one. Uh, ended up replacing Jim Ross as the head of like talent development or whatever they were doing at the time. Jim Ross was the man in charge of the developmental and the developmental territories and all of that. And it was taken over by Johnny ACE and Jim Ross did not hold back about how he really feels about old Johnny ACE. Check out this clip. You know, when,
6: when you eventually are replaced as head of talent relations by Johnny ACE, that means that Johnny ACE is now going to step into your spot in helping handle some of these developmental relationships too. Cause you see the writing on the wall that maybe Johnny Ace, Jim Cornette weren't going to see eye to eye all the time. Oh yeah. That was easy. Yeah. That, was, that wasn't that was hard, you know? And of course uh, a new guy gets a job. Uh, he wants to put his own spin on it. His own feel. And, uh, and, and, and I never had any problem trusting Cornette. I had a hard time as time went on trusting Laurenitis and, uh, Sad to say, but that's how it works. And I hired him. I gave him a job when he needed it. And then I got, uh, he, I don't think he treated me quite right. Again, he was wanting to show Vince He's a better manager than Jr and, uh, all these things. And so now he's, his ass are without a job and, and he deserves the goddamn misery that he's living, uh, that I perceive that he's living. Uh, and I didn't like how he treated me. So, uh, this is not about me. This is about the developmental program.
0: Yeah, John Laurinaitis is a scumbag. A sleazeball, a corporate fucking weasel, a kiss-ass, brown-noser, douchebag, pervy all of the nobody has a good thing to say about John Lawrence. Look, I don't know the guy personally. I'm not going to judge him like I know him, but people are fucking uh, people talk about him all the time and the things that you hear it's like What the fuck kind of guy is this, you know? His entire purpose in WWE was to kiss Vince McMahon's ass as much as possible, to stay as close to the Vince McMahon inner circle as possible, to keep his own job. And he would bury people underneath him. He would cut throats, kick people out of the way. You know, he wasn't even particularly nice when he fired people. You know, you even hear people, Oh, I got that call from Johnny Ace, and there's no real... Uh, compassion or sorriness or, you know what I mean? Like, he's just the absolute worst corporate stooge. And he can't even ride a fucking skateboard. Carries one around like he's fucking Tony Hawk or something. But he can't fucking, can't fucking ride one to save his life. Can't ride a skateboard either. You ever try to ride a skateboard? It's just scary. Kick, push, kick, push and coast. (laughs) Never mind. But yeah, like Jim Ross, like and I love this about JR, red ass Jr. He's never afraid to hold back. This dude just fucking you know, if he, he's crotchety ass old man JR get off my lawn. He'll tell it like it is, and he <laughs> he's glad Lauren Ice Laurenitis is uh living in misery. I don't think that Laurenitis is. I'm sure he got he got a golden parachute out of WWE you know he got a nice big severance he's a multimillionaire i'm sure he had stock options i'm sure uh, vince took very good care of him and we all know why right cuz there was some passing around going on in the office place wasn't there wasn't there a little bit of a little bit of here here you can play with this now i'm done with it kind of stuff yeah, and he's married into the Bella Twins fucking family, you know, and he signed them out of a fucking what, like out of a magazine, right? Cuz he thought they were hot just models. Like the whole he's just a gross sleaze bag guy, so I get Jim Ross's frustration. And Jim, look, Jim would still to this day be a brilliant guy to have in in the head as your head of like talent acquisitions, signing people You know, coach it like uh, not coaching people. Well, he even said on the podcast he can always want it like his dream job would be like an NFL coach or a college coach, you know, for football. But if you can't be that, you know, working with the developmental and and coaching wrestlers, if you will, um, is the next best thing. And he's great at that. And he should be doing that for AEW to this day. He's brilliant at it. But I love this kind of shit. I like it when JR gets pissy and just more. Lovely, wonderful insight into the person that is Johnny Ace, right? Let me know what you think down in the comments, and we're going to go on to the next. Well, with the rumors and speculation that Ring of Honor might soon be finding a new home Jim Jim Cornette gave his two cents on how he would book the return of ring of honor or how it should have been booked to begin with after criticizing the way Tony did it. Of course, check out this clip. Well, remember we say he
7: announced it like 15 minutes after he signed the contract because he has no restraint. He has to blurt everything out with a little thought. He could have done something like, ladies and gentlemen, made an Well, see, then the problem becomes Tony making an announcement because then the be- problem becomes Tony speaking on television in a public forum. But some announcement could have been made that the intention was, ladies and gentlemen, AEW, the fastest growing, newest wrestling promotion on television today, has purchased the assets and video library of Ring of Honor, a promotion dating back over 20 years that has seen. Some of the finest talent come through its doors, including Samoa Joe and CM Punk and this guy and that guy. And to make sure that that lineage goes on, AEW President Tony Khan or whatever the fuck will be announcing over a period of the next several months not only ways that you can enjoy the tremendous legacy of Ring of Honor, but also its ongoing future. And then that gives you months to plan for potentially a one-night tournament, you know, an eight- or 12-man one-night tournament on pay-per-view for that particular audience, and then you've established a world champion. Perhaps if you'd have done it in some coherent way, you could have sold the network on having your Friday night program be Ring of Honor, AEW Presents Ring of Honor.
0: Yeah, starting fresh and holding a tournament or something to crown a new champion was certainly one way to do it. I wouldn't be opposed to that. That's not a wrong way to do it. And then even Cornette said he just kind of pulled that out of his ass. You know, he'd probably be able to come up with something better if he sat and thought about it. Um, But I don't necessarily have a problem with the way Tony Khan did it, to be honest with you. Some things, yes. And we'll we'll talk through it here. Uh, But... You know, to just exist in pay per view only, like they're not missing Ring of Honor pay per views, they're just missing the active week to week TV show. So uh, I I like the idea that Tony continued the pay per views. I think that's the way to go. I think had you just not done anything, you you'd almost kill off Ring of Honor completely. But to keep the pay per views alive, you're still keeping somewhat of the ring of honor fan base even though this is now they're very much kind of turned into aew presents ring of honor uh, which was you know something that Cornette had said too. you know what i love though is i love his idea you know he had sat on here and i've seen other people say it too uh, i've talked to people in the comment section about it before Ring of Honor should be Rampage. Rampage is a dead show. It's a dead brand. It's done. It's 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 Tony needs to recognize when a when a brand is dead. Even if you were to start booking better shows, you know, better cards on Rampage, it's going to take months for that reputation to start to build back up of, "Hey, okay, we got to start watching Rampage again." And, and you know, even if yeah, look, it, the hot-shotted Rampage this week, you know, and, and look, I'm not buying into that either. Tony Khan said, Oh, I'm going to start to focus on Rampage again. No, he said that before all out and and nothing changed. So I don't buy that just because this was a a decent little card he put together for this week's Rampage that suddenly is just every week's going to be must see again. It's not, it's not. So he, he, instead of trying to, Keep that dead brand alive and just watch it die a slow breath. Rebrand it to Ring of Honor. Rebrand it to Ring of Honor. Hopefully, that's what they're doing. I don't know what the. Tony's been working with the network. And I think the overall idea here and the purpose behind buying Ring of Honor, other than just it's a no brainer to scoop it up, especially before WWE had the chance to, you know, you want to, like, it, it, Enhances AEW's value greatly because now I any mean, even if AEW sells to WWE someday or whoever or whatever, they got it's AEW and the entire history of Ring of Honor, you know. So it was it was a smart choice to scoop it up. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be going to like streaming or HBO Max. I think ideally what tony's working on would be to get something similar to what peacock has with WWE network put it on hbo max like the entire AEW catalog, Ring of Honor catalog and i think if tony gets that deal he'll probably look look to scoop up some other catalogs as well. Look, we can see tony ended up ending end up buying the fucking pro wrestling gorilla c- catalog uh, or you know, because that's uh, that's kind of the ring of honor for a lot of these AEW guys, right? The Reseda crew, the Young Bucks faction, all those West Coast guys on PWG. Um, that's a good move, but I really think Ring of Honor TV should be Friday nights, it should be Get rid of Rampage. Um, I don't know that so now you got a problem with dynamite because. Two hours is a short time to pack a lot of people into, but I three hours is a, is let's not do that. <laughs> let's not do three hours. You're probably gonna need to trim your roster uh, for AEW, or you know start moving some of those people over to Ring of Honor full time, and kind of do your divide there, and do Ring of Honor on Friday nights, man. That's the way to go. That's how you do this. That's how you rebrand Ring of Honor. Who knows what's going to be happening. Uh, that's the exact direction I would like to go. And look, you're going to get your attention on Friday night again. People will turn in, tune in for that first episode. And if it's a hot episode, they're going to tune in the next week. And then you just don't shit the bed with it. You keep it hot. And if it has its own separate roster instead of, you know, all these guys are on Dynamite and then the Leftovers are on Rampage, now it's only guys on Ring of Honor only guys in 18 you could have crossovers and stuff like that, but uh, worlds collide type shit. But if you keep them mostly separate, Ring of Honor will be must see on Friday nights, and I, I truly believe in that, and I believe in the Ring of Honor product, and uh, I think Tony's going the right direction with a lot of it, like this dog collar match with the FTR and in in the Briscoes, fucking. Oh, my God. Right? But it was also just kind of thrown together at the last minute. So it's more Tony Khan fucking booking out of his ass. You know what I mean? There should have been something more long-term built for that. But he has tv he'll be able to do that kind of stuff hopefully that's the direction that this goes but i'd like to know your thoughts what do you think is roh just a dead brand should it just should they not even bother are you okay with the pay-per-views that they've been doing to just kind of keep it alive now i will say before i finish up in in the use of ring of honor on aew tv that's where I, i kind of see a negative in all of this uh, I know Tony's trying to keep these people alive to a certain extent for the Ring of Honor pay-per-views and, you know, putting the belt on Chris Jericho may be a way to get the network to kind of get on board with this, right? If you're shopping around a TV show for Ring of Honor and you you want it, you know, or you're trying to convince them even that you're going to turn Rampage in the Ring of Honor, They might worry. Well, what's what's this Ring of Honor? Are people gonna know? Oh no, Chris Jericho is our fucking champion. Oh okay. Well, if Chris Jericho is your champion, you know what I mean. Chris Jericho is a household name. You put his name on anything, regardless of what you think about him, for these Hollywood type, studio type, network type people, uh, they don't know that. You know, Marky Mark out in fucking. Florenceville, Tennessee hates Chris Jericho because he thinks he's fat and he's too old and he shouldn't wrestle anyway they don't care about any of that networks see Chris Jericho, Megastar household name, the mass Singer blah 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 you know what I mean That's all you need, so that was a smart move in that sense, but it has been a drag on AEW TV. I think, you know, to a certain extent, the Ring of Honor AEW roster is kind of indistinguishable from each other. You got Samoa Joe holding belts, the the two TV titles basically in each company. You got fucking Wheeler and, and Garcia are competing in both. Now Jericho's in both, FTR's in both, like... Separate this fucking roster, you know what I mean? I wouldn't have even had a problem if you had Ring of Honor matches on AEW. but And I would have been sneaking those bitches in on 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 Rampage back then even. Even before I got the network's approval to change Ring of Honor to, or Rampage to Ring of Honor, I would still fucking be having, featuring Ring of Honor talent more heavy on that show than on the flagship of Dynamite. But what do you guys think? Let me know down in the comments. I've yacked about this enough, but I I do. I am confident and excited for the future of Ring of Honor. Uh, You know, it's going to suffer the same pitfalls as AEW with Tony Khan trying to be the booker of everything again. He should really delegate that stuff, like really, really delegate that stuff. But I think there's potential here anyway to revive that brand And make it a a good number two to AEW and almost, or even like a equal, you know, if if that's their second show, you know, it could be like a, like an NXT to, to WWE in a lot of ways. Let me know your thoughts on to the next Brody King was on the sessions podcast this week with Renee Paquette doing the whole Renee Piquette interview talking about everything under the moon and this is not a lot new here if you've heard any kind of recent Brody King interviews he did uh, AEW Unrestricted a lot of the same information there he did Chris Jericho's podcast a lot of the same information there a lot of talking about you know his time in the movie business which sounds really fun Uh, You know, he's like a grip on set for movies, like, helped build the sets and carry them around and move them and haul them and, you know, make sure people aren't tripping over cords and all the technical stuff behind the scenes of a movie set. And then he also talked about his love of death metal music or death core or whatever the fuck it's called. I don't even remember <laughs> what it was. Um, but, you know, the violent music where it's like death metal, but you get in the mosh pit and just fucking elbow people in the face and stuff. Uh, but it was in this particular clip that I hadn't heard Brody talk about, really. And it was addressing his long term rivalry with Darby Allen. Go ahead and check out this clip. <laughs>
1: Uh, What was it like for you getting in there and working with Darby and being able to like toss around a guy like him, like the matches you guys were able to have.
3: So Darby and I have like a storied history. Like we, we started almost the exact same time in wrestling. Um, We started coming up at the same time, becoming popular And our, our careers have always kind of like mirrored each other. So like Mm -hmm. um, he was in evolve and then I I had like an evolved tryout match and it was against Darby. And we like, it was in uh, Brooklyn, New York. And we beat the shit out of each other all over. And I feel like from that moment on, we kind of realized like we have good chemistry and like yeah. this, is gonna, this is going to be everywhere. So then we like wrestled at AEW a couple of times. We wrestled at PWG. Uh, I was actually the first person to ever take the skateboard stomp. Oh, shit.
1: (laughs) Lucky lucky me. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Let me try something real
3: quick. Yeah. So we, I don't know. I I feel like when it comes to wrestling Darby, we don't think about it. We just do it. And it's just like, he trusts me. I trust him. And it just makes for a really good product. Darby's definitely my greatest opponent. And uh, I'm sure that our, our story is far from over.
0: Man, these two have had some hellacious matches. Now, I haven't gone back and watched anything that they've done prior to AEW, but the matches they had in AEW were fucking brutal. Now, I was in attendance for the uh, Blood and Guts in Detroit and on Rampage that week, they did. They filmed uh, the same night, the Rampage Rumble or whatever the fuck it was, where they had the two rings for the. It was a, bat, a royal rumble essentially, but they had the two rings, and it came down to Brody King and Darby Allen. If you remember this, this was fucking incredible. Like the crowd gasped. I don't know what your reaction was watching TV, but in the audience, this looked sick as. When Brody King was fucking just strangling basically Darby, just choking him out and then dangled his fucking legs over the edge of the ring and then just dropped him and he dropped like a sack of shit. My God, that was like the coolest elimination. Like, I I mean, one of the most memorable eliminations from a battle royal I've ever seen. Uh, It was it stuck with me. It was a great scene. And then they went on to do their two matches that they had after that, I believe. And one of them was the coffin match. And, you know, they had the fucking just brutalist stuff, bloody, bloody battles. Um, But I like this kind of shit. I like that these kind of rivalries. Where these are career rivalries, and these are the sort of things like they'll be able to just keep going back to that because it's just built in. Uh, Brody's a cool guy, man. Like the more I listen to him, I, I just I, I like him a lot. I like the way he looks. I like the way he performs. He, he's violent. He's very violent. He's brutally he brings some of that deathcore stuff into the into the wrestling ring like he's not afraid to to be stiff with people and get stiffed back and he adds a great element to the house of black now he he talked about very candidly in here that uh he was upset that he didn't want to be taken off of tv when the house of black was on their hiatus there And, uh, you know, he was the one that he's, he wants to be there. The rest don't, you know, you know, buddy Matthews wants to go and Malachi wants to go. He also talked about Julia hard on here in this show too. I think Julia, the more I hear about her and hear from her, I think she's a, a much cooler chick than I think people give her credit for and fits in more with the house of black than i think people give her credit for too. So, and he's kind he kind of talks about how him and his wife have basically took her in and like they take her to the store to help her buy her wardrobe and shit like that. Just a really fun interview. He seems like a great guy. Lots of cool shit to learn. But man, like I will like as far as like Live show appearances, and this is secretly the real reason why I wanted to talk about this part specifically, is just to put over how awesome that one fucking scene was, the choke out and then the drop. Fucking just beautiful, beautiful shit. Brody King's a master. I love watching his work. He's a beast, and I think he has... Close to main event potential. I don't know if he could be the champ, but he could be like a contender to a baby face. Like a big brooding monster heel. He's a guy to keep around. I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. And uh, let me know what you think down in the comments below. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Hulk Hogan showed face this week in an interview with Ringside Collectibles. As they are coming out with a brand new line of WWE action figures that look phenomenal, by the way. And I saw there was a, in the in the clip you'll see here, uh, I believe there's a little snippet of a Cody Rhodes figure that's going to be coming out too. Excited to see that. But they have a whole lineup of Hulkster collectibles. Now, I don't know if you're an action figure, Mark, or not. Um, but if you are, you know, Ringside Collectibles has some fantastic shit. And they had the Hulk Hogan series. And in this series, they had the Mr. America series. They had two versions, the chase version, which is like, a, um, you know, they're more of the collectibles, you know, because there's less of them or whatever. They're more valuable but uh it was in this clip that had hulk hogan kind of talking to us about what exactly happened with that whole fucking mr america thing anyway why why did it happen what what was going on there why did hulk show his face was it really hulk do we find out the answer here check out this clip
4: how about mr america okay this was kind of like this is like the peekaboo mr america Yeah. yeah Oh my gosh. Very yeah, cool. There you go. Both versions. Right? Yeah. I think Got I think finger right there. Yeah. I think Hulk Hogan could have been Mr. America, but um, the mask being pulled up reminds me of another crazy thing. Madison Square Garden six man tag first night as Mr. America in the garden. And I thought that Mr. America was going to kind of do like the midnight rider thing that Dusty Rhodes did in Florida. Be around for two, three years, messing up all the main events, having all the bad guys going crazy, trying to chase him down, figuring out who's spoiling the the night. You know, well, when I got there, we had the six-man tag, and of course, you know, I thought Mr. America was going to rock on and be a huge angle, and they said, "Hey, brother, you're doing the job tonight," and I went, "Hmm, I guess this isn't going very far." (laughs) So, I mean, if you're going to do something like that, you know, they didn't need to test me because I've been around so long. Mm-hmm. So I just figured they didn't like the gimmick. So at the end of the match, I kind of pulled the mask up, if you guys remember. Yeah, yeah. And, and showed everybody, it was me.
8: <laughs>
4: um, this is like Mr. America Deluxe here. This is like the ultimate Mr. America that beat Vince Arm Wrestling until Sable tore her shirt off. <clears throat> and uh, this is really cool. They're both really cool, so I could have both of them.
0: That was at one of the Hulk Hogan Beach Shops, which I've never been to, but I think I would if I was ever in those areas, both in Florida. I think there's two, right? Two in Florida. It's like a Tampa and Orlando or something like that. Um, have you been to one of those? Let me know down in the comments. Uh, I know Cornette kind of razzes on the guy that works there. He's like a big fucking uh, big whatever the fuck there, but big Q guy or something, but You know, like it's cool to see Hulk Hogan still. Like, I'm a I'm a Hulk Hogan mark. Sorry, I grew up on that shit. Is he, you know, done some not so tasteful, fucking idiot, bonehead, stupid foot and mouth things? Yes, Uh, but he's Hulk Hogan, right? Like, it's kind of like the Michael Jackson concept, right? (laughs) Bear with me here. I'm gonna. This is where I lose subscribers. Lots of them. Michael Jackson, the greatest musician of all time, right? Arguably, one of, for sure, at least. In my opinion, the greatest pop star of all time ever. And then maybe... Diddle Little Kids, maybe, maybe, maybe. It was a documentary, and there was a lot of details in there, but I remain to believe obliviously because one of the greatest musicians of all like how how much can you hate the guy that made billy jean thriller beat it bad heal the world fucking uh black and white like jam like the list goes on and on right off the wall my goodness billy uh uh, uh fucking smooth criminal smooth criminal Little kids. So with Hulk Hogan, like, he says a lot of stupid shit, right? But he is Hulk Hogan. He is the guy from your childhood. Even if he wasn't your favorite when you were a kid he was still a big part of your childhood at least if you're my age you know there might be people watching this that john cena was a big part of your childhood i don't fucking know but i believe as far as my demographics show you're right there with me with these references so we'll continue sorry my collar it likes to flop down and i don't like to look of so i'm gonna fuck with it but i always wondered about the mr america storyline I always wondered why this ever happened, what the fuck was the point of it, why was it so short, so that's what I thought was kind of interesting about this, not just the fact that we get to see Hulkster, he looks relatively healthy, like he's looking old, he's looking old, and he looks shorter and shorter, and I know he's had a billion surgeries, and I look, our time is short with Hulk, and I think that's... Another reason why I'm sensitive to it. You know what I mean? It's good to see the fucking guy, you know, regardless of how you feel about him. It was good to see him. Good to hear from him. And it was fun to hear the story of Mr. America because I don't think I've ever really I don't know that he's ever really talked about it. I don't know that we've ever really gotten the, the inside scoop on what it was supposed to be. Uh, you know, there was the what was the Midnight Rider with Dusty Rhodes. That was his gimmick under a mask. And everybody knew it was Dusty Rhodes. I mean, how could you not know it was Dusty Rhodes, right? But it was the same thing with Hulk Hogan. But there's still the plausible deniability because he's under a mask. You can't prove it. In a court of law, I don't know that you could fully 100%. Probably you could. Probably you could. I'm sure you could. But it was a fun little... Project, I guess, but Hulk kind of saw the writing on the wall, as he puts it anyway. That you know, they're if they're already gonna, he's already gonna be doing the job, then he, they probably don't like the character, so he's gonna just bury it by showing his face and just ruining the whole. I don't know what he was talking about. It was gonna go two, three years as Mister America, though, and nobody, you know, play up the oh, we don't know who he is. Is he? Isn't he? That's Hulk's a big BS artist. You know what I mean? He says whatever he needs to say to sound good at the time you know i don't even with the racist stuff and whatever else all the other bullshit he's ever said in his life i don't think he means any of it i think he just he's a fucking i don't think he means anything i think he just wants to win over whoever he's around and will say the stupidest shit to just be the coolest guy in the room and i think that's the problem with hulk hogan I think he's got to be the coolest guy in the room. And he's got to, you know, kayfabe brother, brother, and just kind of put over all his, you know, I slammed Andre the Giant over my head, and he wasn't wasn't sure he was going to put me over or not, right? Just telling fables, but it helps build the legend of Hulk Hogan. And I think we all kind of uh, love him for it at this point, right? Like we used to think he was a bullshit artist and, like, a big fucking lying piece of shit, right? And well he is. He is a lying piece of shit. But he's a lovable lying piece of shit, right? Like like uh anyway, it doesn't matter. But now it's it's cute, right? Hulk and his little fairy tales. It's part of his charm. It's like it's just what he does, you know? It's like Ric Flair fucking bleeding, Hulk Hogan telling fables. Is what it is. But let me know your thoughts on everything. Am I canceled? Do you hate me? Did you unsubscribe? Let me know down in the comments below. I know we got a little spicy there, but we're having fun. And uh, Hulk Hogan, brother, brother, what do you think about it? Racist piece of shit or, you know, my childhood guy, like, for better or for worse, you know? And uh, either way, it's good to see him, like, up, moving around and healthy. And Mr. America, What's your thoughts on that? Did it ever have legs to begin with, or was it stupid? Literally anything, just put it down in the comments because it helps the algorithm, brother. Brother, what you gonna do? <laughs> the Heartbreak Kid, old HBK, Shawn Michaels did a nice sit down interview this week with Sam Roberts over at Not Sam Wrestling. Sam sat down with HBK and talked a wide variety of different things. Sam's a great little interviewer. Uh, He asks different questions, stuff that other people don't really talk about. Kind of got to the heart of a lot of different things with him. But it was in this particular clip right here where Sam asked Sean about working directly with Logan Paul. Sean has been the guy in not physically in the ring with Logan, but he's the guy that's been kind of took Logan Paul on as his project and has been overseeing his training and development, getting him ready for these big matches like the one he had with Roman Reigns, which was fucking phenomenal. Was it not Logan Paul like a fucking natural and uh, Sam asked Sean Michaels about working with Logan Paul. And how he got to that point where he is just that goddamn good. Check out this clip. Before I let you get back to your, your very, very, very busy life now, I want to ask you two things about the future. The first is about Logan Paul. You had to know, okay, this guy's got it. You know, when he went, I think that a lot of fans were like, oh, yeah, I wasn't sure about him. I don't know about I, wrestling fans are... You know we're we're not always ready for outsiders to come mm-hmm. in and do and then they come in and if they're great then it's like oh please come on in, um, but the match with Roman was like remarkable. You did a lot of training with him. What is it about him that allows him to be that guy?
5: Well, his drive. Yeah. He and he really does and and look again. Uh, guy, uh, that day, because everybody knows, you know, my age, I'm not, I'm not getting in there and rolling around with them, you know, Drew Gulak and, and, you know, Grayson Waller are in there, uh, helping us out. And of course, um, you know, Shane Helms, but he's just got such, uh, again, a real drive. He understands, um, he's a bright kid. He understands again, what you were saying. I'm an outsider. They're going to take me this way. I've got no problem earning my stripes. And the best way I can do that is to be good at this. I will give it the time and the effort. Again, even in the midst of a, an extremely, you know, uh, busy schedule, he's, you know, he's. I don't know. He's got a lot going on in his life. He's another person. That, again, I guess you could arguably say he doesn't need to be choosing to do this. Um, but he is. He and he has a great deal of respect for it. I think that's what really helps as well.
0: I don't know about you, but it's still weird for me to see, like, corporate Shawn Michaels and him sitting down and doing these interviews and conference calls and being, like, the face of NXT. Uh, He said in this interview that he's basically, like taking over like he it like Triple H doesn't really give him any input. He just lets Shawn run NXT the way that he wants to. So everything we're seeing in NXT now is Shawn Michaels and his team. I'm sure once Regal gets back there, he's going to have a big hand in it too. Um but, you know, it's it's fun to see Shawn in this position, see him doing this. And uh, by all, all accounts, he loves it. He enjoys it, you know, And except for, you know, he always kind of gripes about the long hours and how he was retired and stuff. But, look, he loves this shit, and that's what he's here to do. And working with Logan Paul so closely, uh, Logan is inarguably the most natural non-wrestler, Really non non-at Well, I guess he's a boxer. I was going to say non-athlete like he didn't come from like a football player background or anything, but dude box Floyd Mayweather. So he's got some chops, right? So him in the ring, he's a fucking natural man. He's still got stuff to learn. Like psychology is what takes the time. And that's what, but even in his match with Roman, his psychology was damn near perfect. Like, he did almost everything right. I mean, I don't know how big of a fan I was of the selfie frog splash, but he's a social media guy, and he needs... So if anybody's going to do it, right? Like, you see fucking Austin Theory with his selfie stick, and before him, it was fucking uh, uh, the model guy, right? The fucking... I'm blanking on his name <laughs> right now. I know Tyler Breeze, Jesus Christ, a brain fart. You know, when you're live on camera, you forget shit when you're on the spot. Tyler Breeze doing it before him. But these guys aren't social media people, right? Like you could see maybe a Zack Ryder doing it back in the day. But Logan Paul's a legit social media guy. So I'll let that slide because that's that's got to be part of his gimmick and stuff. But, and he, you know, legit wants it for the content. But he's a goddamn natural in the ring. Everything he does, like, it was so well put together. And I don't know, I think Michaels had said at one point they're kind of teaching in reverse for this situation. Like, they're kind of, they have a match planned out. I don't know if it's spot for spot, like fucking Ricky Steamboat and Macho Man Randy Savage, WrestleMania 3, where there's 97 different steps written down. You know, and Macho Man's quizzing. <laughs> Ricky Ricky said that Macho would quiz him. Quick, what's uh, step 26? And he'd have to just rattle it off. But uh, that's kind of the way that they're teaching Logan at this point, And he doesn't necessarily have the time to develop to, you know, start from complete scratch. So they're going to have to, like kind of reconfigure the way that they train wrestling in that way. But, fuck, it's working for him. It's working for him. And I really hope Logan sticks around. I think if he does, he has potential. Like, if he were to just do this full time, he'd be a WrestleMania main eventer and a world champion before it was all said and done. He'd be one of the biggest stars in the history, I think. If he gave it, like, a legit 10-year run, Day in and day out, you can't tell me that he wouldn't have a Hall of Fame career. I fucking, I defy you to tell me any different. You know what I mean? Let me know. Come at me, bro, in the comments if you'd like on that one. But, yeah, if he was a full-time roster member for 10 years, he'd be a Hall of Famer. And uh, he's that goddamn good. So I don't know exactly what the future holds for Logan Paul. Right now it's just kind of his side bitch, the bitch he's seeing on the side. You know, a side piece, but he's giving it his all while he's here. And according to Shawn Michaels, you know, he really takes it seriously. He works hard. He respects the business. And that's what I like to see, and that's all we can ask for. And they even talked about, too, like, the fans will call him out on his bullshit. Like, the fans are tough to win over. And we don't take kindly to you outsiders around here. You know what I mean? We never have. Celebrities coming in, it's like, eh. You know, fuck you. Fans are really hard on outsiders. But if you are an outsider, if you're a celebrity, and this is just, like, celebrities can be wrestlers too. You know, like, if Logan didn't go the YouTube route, he could have been and may still be and is, I guess, a pro wrestler, right? So, uh, we got to give it to him. He's not Bad Bunny. He's... He's he's got the physique, he's got the look, he's got the athleticism, he's got the motivation, the respect, the drive, the passion. And Logan gets a bad rap. Uh, you know, I don't know the guy personally, but I do follow him to a certain extent and you know, I've watched a lot of his podcasts and YouTube videos and I in look, he's in Mr Beast videos and shit, man. Like, Logan Paul's like a social media icon. Like, Mr. Beast periodically will do these, get a bunch of YouTubers together for certain things. And Logan Paul's in the mix. My kids know who Logan Paul is. They watch Logan Paul shit. He's, he's a good dude. He's a bit of a doofus at times. He's kind of a, he's an immature kid in a lot of ways. He's got some growing up to do, some learning to do, I think, still. But I think his heart is is in the right place he's got a good heart and he's got a lot of respect for wrestling and i think if you are not already on board with logan paul please i i really think you should give him a chance because this dude's in it to win it uh <laughs> it's a cheesy way to end so i'm not going to end it there let me know what you think down in the comments below and on to the next <laughs> That's it. That's all I got for you guys this week. I appreciate you hanging around and watching all the way to the end or listening all the way to the end. Um, if you haven't yet checked out, again, I did a uh, bonus goddamn collar. God damn it. Yeah, it just flops like a fucking limp penis or something. I um, <laughs> don't know why my mind went straight to that. Uh, If you have not yet watched, I did about a half hour piece on the state of AEW. It's a video titled AEW. We have a problem. I will uh, list it. If you're watching on YouTube, it'll be at the end card here. As a, the next video, you could watch. Uh, otherwise, if you're you know listening to the podcast, I encourage you to hop on over to YouTube and check me out over there. Uh, it's not a burial piece by any means. It's just kind of you know, like I had said earlier in the show, it's just kind of going through some of the big issues that are kind of causing them to lose viewers and that sort of thing. And just some red flags and things to worry about. But overall, you know, I want AEW to win and all of that good stuff. I'm not going to say you're in Defendant. Fuck you. <laughs> but uh, so I guess I'm just trying to say it's not a burial piece. It's just a, hey, you know, here's where we're at right now and some things we need to look at. So if that interests you about AEW, please check that out after this Um, Follow me on social media at Seth Grimes Media, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter if you're on any of those platforms. Watch my reaction videos if you're over on YouTube after the AEW video. Uh, If you want some more content, man, I got all kinds of shit. I got reaction videos. I did a book review of the fucking uh, Brian Gewurz's book, There's Just One Problem, which is fantastic. Spoiler alert for my review. Now you don't have to go see it. Go watch it. Um, Lots of cool stuff over there. So I encourage you to check out some of my other content as well as my book, The Gathering, A Bold Journey Into the Belly of the Juggalo Underworld. ...about a dude who used to be a juggalo... ...goes to... ...and now he hates juggalos... ...they're weird and creepy... ...and uh, he has to... ...he gets sucked back into going to one last gathering... ...and he does a bunch of drugs... ...and all of that... ...pursues from there... ...there's lots of wrestling stuff in it... ...you know, the wrestling events that happen at the gathering... ...plus interactions with wrestlers... ...and wrestling references... ...all throughout... ...because I'm Giant Mark... ...so... Worth checking out if you got, like, an extra Audible credit, perhaps. I'm working on maybe setting up an affiliate link where you can maybe check that out and get, like, a free, you know, get, like, your free first month or something like that. I'm also working on another book. Um, No details on that yet, but I'm definitely, like, 90% through the rough draft of it. And then it's just from there it's finishing up the draft and then just cleaning and polishing it and getting it ready for press, And uh, so that's going to be coming in probably 2023 and lots of other fun stuff. I'm going to hit it hard in 2023. Uh, Also, you know, I used to do, uh, I've been slacking on the shorts. I I used to clip a lot of shorts from the show. And as I took on doing more reaction videos and that kind of thing, like my editing work. And then other side pieces like my AEW video and reviews and that kind of thing. Like my editing free time is just out the window, you know what I mean? So shorts were a casualty of that, but I'm going to reinvest in shorts and uh, double up on that content in the new year as well. So again, programming note before I let you go. Sorry, I know I'm long-winded here. Um, just another quick programming note, just a reminder, I will not be doing a show, no pro wrestling podcast podcast for Christmas or New Year's Day, um, but I will maybe... Find some sort of bonus content to put out there in its place at least one of those weeks. So don't worry. I ain't going nowhere. I'll be back and uh, for the very first week of the new year. And with all of that said, I appreciate you. Thank you for sticking around. Um, thank you for helping me grow, man. I'm seeing the numbers keep going up on the YouTube, actually. Podcast listeners are slacking. Uh, shit's popping off over on YouTube and that's, that's where I'm seeing the most growth. That's where I was actually, honestly, I was thinking about not even doing a podcast cause the numbers compared to YouTube, like my time needs to go into the YouTube. It just does. That's where the numbers are, you know? But I, I love having a podcast, and and I'm going to keep the podcast around because I know there are people that just listen to the podcast and don't watch the YouTube videos as much. So um, we're going to keep doing it, but we got to get those numbers up. Subscribe to the pod, man. And if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the pod. Subscribe, blah, blah. I can't even talk anymore. I'm getting out of here. Peace, love. It must be the steroids kicking in, right, the ones that I did from the – an earlier segment with Rogan. Peace, love, and pizza. I am your boy, Seth Grimes, and this has been the Pro Wrestling Podcast. Podcast. Said it in a whisper there instead of a growl this time. Easier on your ears, maybe. I don't fucking know. Merry Christmas, fuckers. <laughs>
8: juggalos. I fucking hate them. I say all this with a grain of salt because for a good part of my own life, I proudly identified as a juggalo. You should come to the gathering with me. Nah, man. I'm not into all that whoop whoop shit anymore. I'll pay for your ticket. I got fired today. Get the fuck out. Still got room for me? Spike, slow the fuck down. Uh, Cops.
2: Fuck your, Fuck, FUCK YOUR SLEEP!
8: FUCK YOUR SLEEP! FUCK YOUR SLEEP! The savages started closing in with their tiki torches and war paint. Shit! RUN! You guys got a dead body here already? Even the aliens were throwing shade. It was pure panic and intense horror. There was a guy I saw got chopped in half. I had nothing left to go back to. You alive? <sighs> yep.
1: The Gathering. A bold journey into the belly of the Juggalo Underworld.